Today's show is made possible by Fittery. You've probably purchased some dress and casual shirts online before, and sadly, you've probably had to return many of those items because they just didn't fit. Now, you do realize, of course, that billions are spent returning all of these poorly fitting clothes, right? Well, the madness can stop. The hassle of having to return all of this stuff can stop. Well, this is where Fittery comes in. They've devised a process by which you can almost guarantee that the dress and casual shirts you buy online will fit. And from brand names you'll recognize, Brooks Brothers, J. Crew, Land's End, Ralph Lauren, to name just a few. And they're adding more brands every day. Now, I myself use Fittery, and setting up my account was very simple and took almost zero time. Just go to fittery.com intrepid, complete the quick size tool, and you'll soon be ordering dress and casual shirts that actually fit. Again, that's fittery.com intrepid. You'll love Fittery, and you'll actually enjoy and look forward to ordering clothes online again. Let's do this. We're going live in five, four, three. Oh my, just so many business podcasts out there. How can I possibly know where to begin? Here at Intrepid Business, we are about stripping away all of the usual boring fluff and instead focus on showcasing real people doing real business, achieving amazing things the ones truly changing the world, the instigators making a dent, the people changing how we do sales and marketing, leading innovation, the people redefining leadership. But who are these people? Why do they do what they do? How do they do what they do? Find out on Intrepid Business. And now, here are your hosts. Good morning and welcome back to Intrepid Business. I am your host, Todd Schneck. Today promises to be a really, really interesting conversation. Joined today by a, a very, very well-known, successful business person, someone you're going to recognize, and certainly his organization, who is uh, taking the time to share some very, very important business lessons and leadership development lessons for all of us. going to be a great conversation. I'm joined this morning by Ron Wallace. He's an author and a former delivery driver and president of U. P.S. International. Ron, welcome to the show. Thanks, Todd. Oh, it's great to have you. Thanks for making time to join us. I know you're very, very busy. Appreciate you stopping by. Uh, Ron, I'm, I'm quite sure our audience is familiar with UPS, but take a few quick seconds. Tell them a bit about you and your background. Uh, all right. I was raised in Idaho. I grew up with my mother. Uh, we didn't have a lot. Worked on ranches and every odd job I could get uh, to make ends meet. And I was fortunate enough to go to work for UPS, which I worked for for a little over 37 years. Uh, as you mentioned, I started as a driver and worked uh, as a driver for six years, was promoted. My family and I have moved approximately 10 times with UPS virtually all over the world. I've worked most every position at UPS, uh, eventually uh, becoming president of UPS International, which means that I had responsibility for everything outside the United States, which uh, is about 200 countries and territories. We at that time had about 60,000 people. I also was a chairman and co-chairman on uh, about 33 boards 
and uh, was on the management committee with uh, another nine people that overseen the day-to-day operations of UPS. At that time, we had about 400,000 people. Wow, wow. Well, well, like I said, everyone is familiar with UPS. We'll talk about that in just a minute. This is a question I ask virtually every guest I interview, Ron. Uh, as you uh, as you probably are aware, I interview a lot of people that write books about sales and marketing and leadership and leadership development and innovation and how to improve organizational creativity. There's a, there's countless books out there about leadership lessons. Why did the world need Ron Wallace's? Well, I'm not sure the world did. Uh, <laughs> throughout my time with UPS, I was asked to write a book. And I think primarily because of my world travels and working in uh, numerous countries and seeing all kinds of leaders, the good and the bad and the ones that didn't do so good. And, and uh, you learn a lot of lessons. And uh, I quickly learned, especially outside the United States, that not always the American way or the UPS way or that combination is the best way. So observing a lot of that and working with different people and different types of companies, uh, with customers and uh, within our own organization, I guess I had a different view, and that was a view from the front line. We at UPS very seldom operate from the office or involved in the operations. And then after I retired, or actually when I was with UPS, I gave several talks, uh, one at the University of uh, Georgia, one at Thunderbird College in Arizona, and then after I retired, I was asked to speak at a Christian college uh, just south of Atlanta. And I started sensing from the questions and the comments, maybe there was more to it than the schooling part. I had students, a lot of students, say things like, geez, I wish I'd have heard this before. We're not seeing this in the books. We're not being taught this in the classroom. And I believe those lessons in the real world brought some value. So Answering those questions and uh, a little push from a couple of friends, I decided to attempt to write a book. So I wrote, you know, probably equal to 30,000 words, and I showed it to the headmaster at a Christian school, and he read it, and he says, it's a good leadership book, it's a good start, but he says, I think this has more value for youth in their formative years, years because it talks about things that not necessarily schools talk about, and that's the integrity and the honesty and doing things right and being held accountable for your actions. So with that, I uh, proceeded to write this book with a lot of critiquers, and and of course, most of it is about lessons and culture and things I learned uh, inside of UPS. Yeah. Well, again, the book is called Leadership Lessons from a UPS Driver, Delivering a Culture of We, Not Me. So grateful to you for uh, putting this on paper. So thank you for that. Uh, You know, 37 years with UPS, I mean, uh, that longevity with an organization is not so common anymore. What is it about the UPS way that enabled someone to go from being a driver to the president of UPS International. I mean, that, that doesn't always happen. I mean, there's an occasional story where someone goes from the streets to the executive suites, but but it's not that common. Why? What, what was it about UPS and, and your internal culture? It's a unique corporate culture for sure. What enabled that to actually happen? And it's a great story. It is, and you're absolutely right, Todd. It's about the culture. When we invest in people who want lifetime careers, not just a job, so we look at our screening process very, very carefully. If you look at all of our management, senior leadership included, CEOs who were part-time car washers, clerks, everyone goes through the driving ranks, as I did. 
because you have to know the job inside and out. And if you're going to be able to oversee it, you need to understand it and not ask people to do something you couldn't do. So that's really uh, in our culture and it's a promotion within and we believe that uh, people that start with the organization and rise through the ranks uh, and do the different jobs are more committed, aligned, experienced and those from the outside. So when we promote, we're really passing on the culture and the legacy from generation to generation. And I was fortunate enough to be part of that in the early years and the growing years and had different opportunities that I took and was in different operations and new operations and um, was recognized because my team had some success. I happened to be fortunate enough to be with them and ended up being uh, president of UPS International. Ron, when I think about your career track and I think about you leading an organization with hundreds of thousands of employees, I can't imagine you being president of UPS International without having been a driver. I mean, I, I, I would be almost, this is maybe too strong a word, it would be almost offensive to me if someone came in to run that organization who hadn't, who hadn't driven a truck. Why is that so important? How come there's still so many executives out there who have never been on the front line? I mean, how do you run an organization that way? Yeah, you're absolutely right, Todd. You have to know the job inside and out. We have night operations, obviously, and our hubs are loading and unloading trailers. And, uh, you know, you, you read about it in all the books. If you've touched it, you've done it. You can relate to it. You can understand what they go through and the challenges. You can better hold people accountable. It's like the old thing they talk about all the time. You can uh, read about playing soccer in a book, and uh, or you can go out and play soccer, and, and then you judge which one you're going to be able to oversee and hold people accountable for best. Yeah. Now, I want to go back to this 37 years of longevity with the organization. Uh, there, there's this new notion out there that, nah, we're no longer in that. I mean, my, my, my father's generation, he worked for an organization for, for a generation. That doesn't happen anymore. Is it because that's just the business has evolved and that's just not how we do it anymore? Or is it because the organizations are not providing a culture where people want to stay? I think it's a little bit of both. I yeah. think, you know, I'm not being critical, but I think people come out with a lot of degrees and expect to walk out in the real world and get a very high-paying job and uh, a big title, and that's not real. And uh, it's the company's fault to some degree. They need to start people at the lower levels and uh, let them learn the job, let them get blisters on their hands and, and do the dirty work and understand it. And then when they get to those higher positions, they're going to be really good at what they do, opposed to coming in with a, a diploma and getting a desk. Yeah. Well, again, the tagline of the book is delivering a culture of we, not me. I, I, you talked about your years at UPS as giving you a Ph.D. in teamwork. It strikes me, in, based on my observations of, of cultures of organizations, I'm recording this from a high rise in Chicago, and I'm looking out at 11 <laughs> tall buildings full of corporations, and, and I think most people, they're, not, they're, not, they're thinking of me and not we, and, and they're, not, they're not good in teams. How have we allowed that to happen, and how do we fix that? Well, I think, you know, unless you're run by a technology system or a mechanical system, you need people. And what separates the good companies from the great companies uh, always, in my viewpoint, comes down to people. I guess I'll relate that to uh, almost any business, car business, restaurant business. You can have great locations. You can have great products. You can have great services. But it's the people that makes that happen. And building a strong team is vital, and sharing that vision with them and making a part of it, it all comes down to quality, reputation, and bottom line cost. Because if people doesn't see praise and attention and being part of a company, 
uh, they'll probably turn over. I think in today's generations, people are always looking for greener pastures, and I think, Todd, the loyalty just isn't there the way it used to be. It's about people. It's about teams, and I think the great leaders understand that because teams make it happen. Uh, regardless of uh, who you are or what level you are, in my viewpoint, they are the company. The people are the company. They're, they're a reflection of you, your character, your beliefs. They are your eyes, your ears, your hands, your feet. And and uh, I think you need to build that trust and, and let them share in the vision and, and use simple principles uh, within a structure that everyone can easily understand. And I think that brings the rewards that you need. And it's probably not true in every company, but I can assure you it worked at UPS. Well, you've talked about the importance of focusing on people and not your business plan. Uh, obviously, they're all important, but but look, there are a thousand books on Google right now that would help me understand that I need to focus on my people. Why do, why does people like Ron Wallace still have to write books about this message? Because we just still don't seem to be getting it. Why is that so hard for an organization and, and a culture to to focus on its people and not on just the, the business? I agree. And uh, as I mentioned in the book, I don't think leadership is really rocket science. It's just doing the right thing and taking command and uh, making sure people are praised and mentored and held accountable. And, you know, there's the, it's the sum of many small things done well, as we often said at UPS. I'd, people ask me if there's one magic word and one way to do it, and there really isn't. Leadership is a gigantic puzzle, and it's the sum of many small things done well. And, you know, it ends up with the quality of your service and reputation. It comes down to appearance and, in our case, buildings and cars, our, our promotion within policy, our decentralized management philosophy, being constructively dissatisfied, first-name basis and open-door policy, and, and it goes on and on and on. And I think companies that do very well will recognize that. And, you know, if I had to say what is the most important thing in the book and what is the message it is simply like most books say it's uh, building people relationships you've mentioned accountability a couple of times now in our conversation uh, I, th I think this is something that most leaders do poorly I, I think most people look at it from both sides of it as a as a punitive act <laughs> it really should be a coaching opportunity why are we so bad at holding people accountable first of all I believe that people maybe are not communicated, and I don't even like the word communicated, connected is probably better than communicated with. So they understand what their job is, what they're responsible for, what is expected, and how they are judged and how they are measured. And you can look at a lot of, um, I work for a couple, within a couple different companies today, and I look at things like the evaluation plan, and it is too generic. It's not Pacific. In one city that I looked at, they asked me to look at their plans. If you were cutting the grass in a park or if you were a leader of the police department or an officer or a firefighter, you're all evaluated the same. It's just not right. So it has to be clear. It has to. The, the leaders have to talk to their team members from day one, the second they walk in the door, explain the job, make sure they've got the right tools to do the job, make sure the job is set up correctly, make sure that the employee understands what's expected for uh, of them and how they're going to be measured and how they're going to be judged. And then you follow up constantly through evaluations or day-to-day -day talks and give them mentors and help them do that. And when that understanding is there, things go a lot better. Fairness and the trust and all the things that are critical to motivate and inspire employee falls into place. If it's missing, 
it's just another job. Talk about the structure of the book itself, Ron. I mean, it's not just a biography, the life and times of Ron Wallace. I mean, it's a lot more than that. It is. I tried to design the book in such a way that it is from the front line. There's a lot of stories in it, absolutely factual stories that uh, I personally experienced to support what I was saying. And I tried to make it so real that people could understand. It's a simple book. It's an easy-to-read book. It's a book that has a study guide that, by the way, is used by uh, one of the largest insurance companies and was mandatory reading. I've personally been in three or four different sessions uh, and watched the study guide being used, and it uh, it works extremely well. The employees really talk about it because they study a chapter, then it goes into the study guide. And I know in this insurance company, they start every meeting with it and spend an hour just on a chapter and the study guide. What was your original question? I got carried away there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just uh, I was just talking about the structure of the book. I mean, it's 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 more about stories. It's not just the memoirs. It is. And Todd, I, I'm I'm never going to be critical of another author, another leadership book, or a seminar. They're all good. They're all helpful. But when I wrote the book, I I, I wanted to make it so it was really understandable and different and. And if I made a statement, I really wanted to say, this is how you do it, and this was my experience and how it really did work. For an example, many books talk about surround yourself with great people. I'm just trying to think of an example. And I I advocate the same thing, but I I think I say how you do that opposed to just saying it because a new supervisor gets promoted, whether it goes out and has responsibility for Five people, 500 or 5,000, as soon as they walk in the real world, they're going to understand things are not perfect. And a few weeks after that, they're going to wonder how they're going to fix that. So they, they run back and they read the first chapter in most books and say, surround yourself with great people. And then you walk back in the real world, and as we know, that's not always possible. The budget doesn't allow it. It's not the NFL draft where you can go out and, and hire the best people. If you start replacing people, you're losing industrial knowledge. And in most cases, unless it's very well documented and well planned, it's against the law. So just to make a statement, surround yourself with great people, doesn't do much for you. And yeah. that is why I tried to make my book more specific, real-world situations, my own experiences, and then how to do things that's very, in my viewpoint, very easily to understand. And that's 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 that part where I think uh, it's about a 90-minute read, I believe, and, and when people read it, I think they actually can get their hands around it and their mind around it and do something with it. Yeah, well, that's what a book's for, what it's supposed to be for. I mean, this isn't this book isn't just for the CEO of another Fortune 500 company. This is for all leaders, right? This is for leaders of, of divisions and leader, leaders of teams. And, and frankly, in my view, it's even for leading yourself, the individual, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of ways to define a leader. And if you're the head admin in a, a small real estate office, you still uh, have to manage people and motivate them and do the things that a CEO of a multinational, multi-billion dollar company does. Whether you're a band leader or football coach, it, uh, it all relates to the same. And I've had a lot of females get back to me after reading the book, and they, they made a mandatory uh, reading for their teenagers. They said, this is exactly what these kids need. So it is, uh, I think, a teaching for just about everyone. And, and I've had CEOs call me and talk to me and say, geez, I've, this is a good reminder book. I'm going to hand it out. because I used to do this 30, 40 years ago, and I kind of forgot about some of those simple, doable methods. And so I, I thought that was uh, good. So as you said, Todd, it's it's kind of for every level. 
Well, that's a great segue to my next question was the, the process of honing and developing and working on your leadership skill set, that process never ends, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's one of the successes of the UPS way is that, is that you're always developing and, and, they, and they help develop and advance and educate and train their people. But this, you don't read, I mean, reading your book's a good start, but, but it, it's, it's a continual process of thinking and understanding and, and learning, right? Absolutely. It isn't a destination. It's not a short journey. You're always learning. You're always teaching. And the best managers are teachers and are learners. Yeah. Uh, we're about out of time, Ron. I want to close on with one final point. You had mentioned some tools uh, earlier. Uh, on your website, you actually have a tool that helps you determine your leadership IQ. So a couple of questions. What is a leadership IQ? Uh, why is that important to know? And what are you trying to test? What are you trying to learn from, from uh, that tool on your website? I think it's uh, as people read the website and read a little bit about the book and some of the lessons in the book, there's several excerpts. There's, uh, there's a couple of uh, endorsements, of course. We thought it might be interesting uh, for people to self-evaluate them. So we asked some leading leadership questions, and almost all those questions and answers uh, are in the book. So if they, we identify an area that they maybe need a little help with, uh, we can refer them to certain chapters in the book and talk about the book. And that's really what it was about. It's not a difficult test, but it's a test in reality. And if people answer it honestly, I think they'll get a good evaluation of their self. Well, it was clear to me uh, when I took it that I needed to get the book. So uh, <laughs> thank you for providing that tool. We'll link up to that in the show notes as well. So, Ron, uh, I know you have other things to do, so I want to let you go. I'm so grateful for your time. Uh, good luck with the with the continued launch of the book. Uh, before I do let you go, where can people go to learn more about it, and where can they get their hands on a copy? It's available at the airports, uh, all the bookstores, most of the good bookstores. It's on uh, Amazon. The best place to buy the book is on our website, which is leadershiplessonsbyronwallace.com. Once again, leadershiplessonsbyronwallace.com. All right. Ron Wallace, an author and former delivery driver and president of UPS International. Ron, a real pleasure to spend some time with you. Thanks again for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks, Todd. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Again, on behalf of my guest, Ron Wallace, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Business. 